0: Stay relevant and up to date This is 101.9 High FM You're listening to 101.9 High FM or highfm.com I'm Benji Shulman and this is the New Blue Review Welcome to the program, the radio and podcast show that brings you the latest and greatest in Jewish politics, current affairs and debate And if you're going to be having a future for politics, current affairs and debate you really need to be dealing with the question of Jewish education. How are we educating our students? How are we educating our kids? And how are we making it cheaper and accessible for people who may want to educate Jewishly when it comes to their kids or even their adults but can't quite afford it? Obviously technology being one of the solutions that is being bandied about. Lots and lots of calls for extra STEM subjects in uh, Jewish schools around the world. That's being science, technology, technology. Uh, Economics. <laughs> Economics, thank you. There, we go. my, my guest is getting getting there uh, for me. Economics and maths can't make a mistake like that. It's terrible. Uh, but uh, we're going to be talking about all of that, and 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 how is it that we can secure a Jewish future from Talmud to tech uh, in the education field? The person that we're going to be speaking to. Uh, today is Kareen Olson-Driver She is from Jewish Interactive She's the COO And we're going to be looking at one route That people have been taking in terms of Jewish education That particularly being the app route And the technology route And looking at this issue of Jewish education Kareen, thank you so much for being on the program today And welcome to the New Blue Review
1: Thank you for having me, Benji
0: So, first off, let's uh, start off by talking What is Jewish Interactive? How did it come about? So,
1: Jewish Interactive is an is a non-profit uh, o- uh, organisation that was set up to to meet exactly that need uh, to to educate Jewish children uh, using technology um, and to try and bring Jewish studies into the 21st uh, century. So we've been going since um, we we started developing our first app in 2010, and after the success of that app, which was Jewish Interactive, we established. Uh, uh, sh- uh, sh- uh, our first app was Shabbat Interactive And as a result of that we established Jewish Interactive And the idea was that children would Are using their iPads anyway Using all these apps And let let them experiment And play with Jewish content And that's what we do
0: That's really really interesting Now one of the things I want to talk to you about is First of all When you're talking about bringing Jewish education In the 21st century I think most people perhaps have a uh, uh, interesting relationship with their Jewish education upbringing Whether it's in a Jewish school Or perhaps they were part of a Cheder movement or, or at home And there are some sort of tried and tested methods you know, Normally it's an old person, often a man uh, you know, Writing stuff on a blackboard, Talmud studies Lots of old pedagogies when it comes to education Are you just taking those and making them techie? Or, or is there a new approach that we're seeing to Jewish education?
1: We're trying to combine. Um, we're trying to include the teacher. We're not getting a, uh, getting rid of the teacher at all. We're trying to provide the tools for the teacher to, you know, the children are learning geography. They've got Google Maps and, and all these exciting um, interactive um, apps. They come to Jewish Studies and they're getting these old Roneo sheets from 1940 that have been used like, through the generations. And they don't relate to it. So um, we are trying to combine What's available in technology, like um, our latest app, which is JRTAP, has access to the full text of Safaria. So like a child can go and look up any any pasuk uh, in the Tanakh, in the, the, the Midrash, in the Gomorrah, and bring that in and work with that text in Hebrew and English. So we are bringing – we're making – the classic text more accessible to children, and and hope, hopefully they'll interact with them in a fun way.
0: So, do you require a teacher for all your apps? I mean, is there anything that's on the apps that is is self learning and and allows kids to simply sort of explore themselves?
1: So, um, when when I wrote the apps, I, that, that's what I had in mind that a child could work with them by themselves. Um, Shabbat Interactive is led By by candlestick avatars And like the child can go and learn Happily by
0: themselves Kind of a beauty and the beast kind of thing well, it's, Candlestick it's, avatar Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Well Shomor and Zahor, but, uh, <laughs> right. um We Definitely the interaction with the teacher Or with the parents We found a lot of parents um, Doing Shabbat Interactive with their children at home and, and enriching the family And learning in a non-threatening way Themselves
0: so, so, so it is possible, but you found that the most effective uh, apps that you've produced have actually been led by some adult in the room, not just letting the kids poke around on the definitely, iPad. Definitely.
1: Definitely. Um, most of the, our tool apps like JR Studio and JR Tap are designed for enriching the classroom. So, it, <laughs> if a teacher is, is, is innovative and can assign fun um, tasks, the, the learning is fun. Even though the child can do it by themselves, um, certainly a teacher-led, there's much more interaction and learning and deeper learning.
0: Certainly that is, uh, I suppose, what you want, right? Deeper learning when it comes to Jewish studies. Talk to us a little bit about the applications themselves. You spoke about the Shabbat. I mean, what is a Shabbat? App look like, and what other kinds of stuff are you are you producing at the moment?
1: So Shabbat Interactive was was our first app, um, and um, it, it's it's a learning environment of nine different modules of every aspect of Shabbat, from the historical side, the first Shabbat, which is creation, the, the giving of the Ten Commandments, and then um, the the malachot, and then Shabbat every week. So it's it's very. Um, what I try to do is teach what you do do on Shabbat, not what you don't do. Like really going for the positive and 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 trying to show the kids the beauty of Shabbat. They aren't, they don't do it on Shabbat. Um, in fact, the the one module for um, Shabbat day is they prepare a game during the week that they can print out and play on Shabbat, um, and uh, and and it's like a summary of everything they've learned. So. Um, that was our first module. Um, that that was only available on a computer <laughs> and on, in in a classroom on the whiteboard. Um, it was before iPads, so um, it's our only app that hasn't been released on as an iPad. Since then, we've developed tools um, for the classroom, um, a, a whole set of Jewish clipart which which the teachers asked for, which has evolved into. Um, like now with Jerte, they they take the clip art and can make whole interactions. And we um, were puzzles. talking
0: about Jewish clip art what, Jewish what does that mean? Is it art. like pharaohs that you can stick in Absolutely. and bits of and matzahs? Absolutely, all the plagues. right?
1: Uh, uh, <laughs> yes, um, it's it's taking all the the parshiot and all the, the the holidays and giving the the graphics and the words and the um, backgrounds um, that kids would need. And then the ability to insert the text from the Tanakh. To, so, for example, we've just had Pesach, and um, so the kids can can do their their own Haggadah using all the art graphics and bringing in sounds. We've recorded all the songs, um, so they can actually they actually did make their own Haggadah with with their own singing or with the songs that we cre- that we supply.
0: And have you covered all the holidays, or is it uh, only Pesach and Shabbat so far?
1: Um, no, we've got a wonderful app for young children Called Mama Nora mm-hmm. um, It's aimed at children aged 3 to 5 And we have children who are addicted And are singing Hanukkah songs Even now during Pesach <laughs> <laughs> So um, Mama Nora um, is for Hanukkah um, And then we also have the Sukkah Challenge We've got a, a, an amazing app um, it's, it's huge, it deals with um, they, all the halakhot with building your own sukkah But the children go and earn. They earn money by learning the halakhot And then they go to the shuk and buy their supplies And build their own sukkah in a 3D environment
0: Wow, that's so incredible The age group that you're, that you're targeting here With this sort of thing I mean, is there a age that you found Is most affected by this kind of technological interaction uh, in, in terms of what they like to see And what they like to engage with?
1: Um, well, we've we've got two distinct age groups. We've we've developed for age three to five, um, which is um, very basic. Like with menorah, we're teaching like they spin the dreidel to get the colors, and then they they like, so they learn the colors in English and Hebrew and counting. Um, but and then we've got a maker to make it grow, which is an app for uh, where they plant their own trees and uh, and make them grow. Um, but then we also have um, the age group from six to eleven. Um, and which which I think is, is is a very important age group because they're already at uh, in school and and we're trying to catch them when they're young so that they they aren't put off being Jewish and, and are enjoying learning about being Jewish um, without even knowing that they're learning.
0: <laughs> which, <laughs> which is I suppose the idea when it yeah. comes to uh, when it comes to this sort of thing. So one of the things I imagine must, must be quite interesting is perhaps you can get feedback from the apps themselves uh, to see what the kids are doing that's more effective as opposed to, you know, if in the old days you give a kid a worksheet, you don't know what the kid is actually engaging with. So are you able to track what they like and what they enjoy and and, and, and use the apps from there? Yes. So in JRTAP, there's a
1: full tracking system. The uh, Insights uh, teachers can actually Um, create their own games and then um, track screen by screen what each child, they create their own classes and they can see screen by screen what the kids have done and where they've had difficulty with jazz studio, um, which is also a a tool that where they can make their own creations. um, We can track, which skim they they use the most? Which graphics they use the most? And it, and it's it's really interesting to watch the fluctuations over Pesach, this, you know, like this, and and as the year goes by, you see the fluctuations, and you see which which collections the children are using.
0: And have you been able to use that to integrate into the you know into the rest of other sorts of apps that you're doing, or or give feedback to the teachers about what what is useful when it comes to actually teaching? On the app themselves yes,
1: so, so we we based on that, we've created um, booklets that people can download from our website um, about lesson plans and and what we suggest the teachers do in the classes. yeah the, definitely
0: the, the other thing I wanted to 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 talk about is um, the application of this so so we've got the these apps we've got you know what they're doing and 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 the kids in, involved. How does it fit then into the school environment? Are you engaging the teachers? Are you reaching out to principals? Are you finding teachers who are just downloading the apps themselves and kind of going from there? How does it work from from screen into the classroom? It's
1: it's a very interesting question because it's also evolved as we've progressed. Um we, we, until now, we have found that teachers have found us by mistake, found our website looking for interactive Jewish material, and found Jewish interactive, and downloaded our apps. All our apps are available on our website for the the PC, Mac downloads, and um, and so they find our material and start using it. And we are actually in forty two different countries because of that, and it's it's really amazing how um, some of our apps, like JR Studio, which is the clip art, are being used in South America very extensively in Argentina and Brazil because they are, and Mexico because they're be beyond language. And it's really interesting to see what the, what the children are actually coming coming up uh, with. Um, now we have an app called uh, JR Tap where we've teamed up with Tiny Tap, which is a, an Israeli-based company that um, have made this interactive environment for for teaching or, uh, any subject, any language. And we've teamed up with them and created JITAP, which is the Jewish marketplace. And so we are now having a school subscription. We are are approaching schools, um, and we're already in, in quite a few throughout England um and the states and, and Australia as well. And the, there's a school subscription where the, the every child has an account and they they are part of a group and the teacher can create their own lessons and assign them.
0: It's an interesting question, technology in schools itself. First of all, from a funding perspective, I mean, Jewish schools are notoriously expensive already. Uh, people are saying that they're not being properly technologically equipped uh, the, uh, concerns in Israel, for example, around STEM teaching, uh, kids not getting proper math, uh, not proper technology in other schools around the world. It, no. Are schools able to have the bandwidth to now incorporate technology on top of all the other issues that they have to face when educating the kids?
1: What we're finding is that most schools have a computer lab, so our apps are available on, on computer. Most schools also have a, a trolley of iPads. And, um, again, we've had to evolve because un- until recently we just said, okay, the child's working on an iPad and uh, on the Internet, and tomorrow they'll use a different iPad. And it's, we've had a very strong request from the market um, for for the children's work to be stored on the cloud, so that tomorrow they can pick up a different iPad and carry on with their work. So we've just started a, a login, where where um, slowly our apps will be adapted so that they can be stored on the cloud, and any child can go home and and on their on their Mac and just uh, log in and carry on with their creation, what they were doing in the morning at school. But the schools, a lot of schools have problems. Even the most advanced schools that we've worked with have problems um, with bandwidth, with Internet connectivity. We've been to some of the best schools in America, and we go there to demo, and, oops, we can't get a connection. So there are um, there are ups and downs. It's... it's um, very unpredictable but but schools are definitely trying and seeing the advantages of, of bringing technology
0: You're listening to 101.9 Chai FM, I'm Benji Shulman and this is the new Blue Review If you're listening to us on Chai FM, welcome to the program or indeed if you are on J-Post, also uh, good to be with you and we're speaking to Corrine Orson-Driver she's from Jewish Interactive and we're talking about Jewish education in the 21st century, what does it mean and what does it look like? High uh-huh. Stay relevant and up to date mm-hmm. This is 101.9 High FM So Karine, obviously we've spoken about the t- technological aspects And that's one of the things you're speaking about, about the unpredictability What about the cost side of things? I mean, how does a school go about... Getting a subscription, do you find that they have to get additional sponsors? How do you guys, as the app developers, I mean, you're a nonprofit, so how do you get money to produce the apps in the first place?
1: Well, up till now, we've been mainly funded by Martin Glatt uh, from the Glatt Foundation, um, and we, we have had other sponsorships, like from Foundation 2000, from the late Gerald Leisner, um, and um, we've just finished a project now with uh Center for Innovation in Jewish Education in, in the States, and we've done an app called uh, Jar Calendar, which is a whole interactive cross, uh, uh, you know, cross platform, cr- cross, uh, you know, like uh, we we bring in ge- geometry, geography, everything, astronomy. Okay so they they've paid for that um but it's it's not really sustainable and um all our apps are are downloaded for free because the moment you start charging for them schools you know can't find the ninety nine cents per app so um we're looking at other mod models now and um with JRTAP we do have a subscription model um where where school one a school will buy a subscription for the school for a year, and that allows up to a thousand kids to have a um, an account. Um, there are different models for that as well. Sometimes the schools don't have that money either. So, um, for example, we in Michigan we we've received funding um, for all the school the Jewish schools in Michigan to are, are, are being funded to to use JATAP. We're working closely with federations as well, um, and they are going to try and raise the the money to support the schools so that they can get um, the content.
0: But over time, perhaps this could actually lead to less costs for, for Jewish schools, not necessarily more. It's an interesting question about how technology might be used to make Jewish education more affordable and more accessible. What's your thoughts on that?
1: Um, well, so many Jewish children in America don't receive any Jewish education just because of the costs or else they go to Sunday schools and, and there's so little time to, to do anything there. So... We're hoping that our apps are being used as a flip classroom. That um, they they're learning, they're playing the games and and enjoying it, and then going into the classroom and already have got the, the basis, and and then they have the discussion in class with the teachers, and um, or this or the the teachers, which is what's happening. we we've we've got a lot of downloads from um, various uh, synagogues throughout America. Hundreds actually, and when I've contacted them to ask how they're using it, it's it's the Sunday school, and they've they've got ninety children or a hundred children, and they they are assigning homework through our apps, which is very exciting. So it can also so, be
0: used almost in a remote model to mm, to produce outcomes.
1: Yeah, and in Australia, um, I spoke with I uh, I was there in in July, and we spoke with the Sydney um, Board of uh, Jewish Education, and they were saying how they. They have to reach, you know, the one Jewish child in the school in the middle of nowhere. And this is a way to, to also reach those children.
0: Absolutely incredible. Talk to us a little bit about the app itself. I mean, a development process for an app is famously long and difficult. And w- what is it like to produce a Jewish app? How many people are involved? Is, is it all done in one place? How, how does that work?
1: Okay. Well, our team is spread out all over the world. Um <laughs> it's a very interesting question because people think we have this huge team because we've done so many apps. We actually, I'm the instructional designer. We've got two graphic artists sitting here in Johannesburg with me. Our, we've got one programmer who sits in Modin in Israel, and our CEO, Hannah Kansan, is sitting in London that, uh, uh, giving instructions. And then uh, we do outsource... um um, for for the calendar, it's all in three D. So we had to outsource to um, a company in Israel, and they did the three D animations and things like that for us. But it's it is a long process. Um, it, it can t- uh, so we're a very small team, so and we work on Skype and Zoom daily <laughs> with the rest of the world. Um, but we seem to be efficient and and get to, get to do an app every every eight months, nine months.
0: And what does the process look like? I mean, when you sit down with a funder or with uh, someone who wants an app or perhaps you have a new idea, what is the process of then kind of producing something
1: okay. like this? So, for example, the calendar, um, Saj commissioned us. We had actually been working on ideas for a calendar for a few years already, and that involves um, we, we work with a rabbi, with Rabbi Johnny Solomon in, in Israel. And so Johnny and I was sitting and, 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 and the team, um, thinking of interactions, how we're going to actually do all of this. And then I sit down and, and create it in PowerPoint interactively. And, and so we can actually run this, run it before we've actually produced anything. And then from those PowerPoint scripts, the, the, the 3D graphics are created and brought, made alive. And the programmer takes over and creates those those worlds. And then, um, we we with with Jaya Calendar, we used voices from Disney. Uh, Saul Blinkoff, who was in South Africa a few, uh, few years ago for the Sinai and Darba, his children are actually our voices. Um, it, and um, so we record remotely in uh, in Hollywood. <laughs> and. Uh, and then it's all brought together and debugged and, and tested, we, we do a lot of user testing I, I go around to all the local schools all the time and, and test with the kids because that's a really essential part, just well, to see mean, what the children want yeah, Fisher
0: Price, life. right? They were always famous for having this very intensive kid tested model for their toys so I'm interested, how does that work when you go around to a kid Or what kind of feedback does a child give you do they say to you, oh, it's freezing or do they say I don't like something, how, how does it work to actually test a, a software as opposed to a hardware toy? Know,
1: you find children of the appropriate age, right. and you you give them the prototypes, even the even the PowerPoint. You can get so much feedback whether they know what that button means. If they um, don't know what to do, then we know there's something wrong. If what happened with Mama Nora, we were at the at King David at the uh, nursery school. They wouldn't leave. They the one had my, my phone, the one had my iPad, and they were fighting over it, and I knew we had a hit. <laughs> and they were able to do it, and then we took it to the grade ones and twos, and we, we thought that it was for much younger children, and to my amazement, the, 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 the grade twos didn't want to let me go either. So, um, it, you can really gauge, um, for Jaya Calendar, we went to Yeshiva College, and also, I was worried that what we were doing wouldn't appeal to girls and i had these girls also wouldn't let us go <laughs> so um it, it is interesting if they don't like it they will tell you and, and it, but usually it's from it's from observing and seeing how they manage with it um for example i, I my, my chief tester is my niece uh, she's 6 years old now but with mama nora she was my chief tester right from the time of the powerpoint and i remember her saying but my fingers are too big, and the candles are too small. This was a three-year-old telling me, and you know what? She was right, and we made the candles bigger and easier to drag, and um, and it, it it did improve the the pro, the program the a lot. The usability. We also work with Betty Zie Shapiro in Ranana, who are world experts on trying to bring inclusiveness so that children. Um, uh, are able even if they are disabled are able to use our products and so how does um, that sort of
0: thing work in terms of
1: so um what what we've done is um they've they've recommended different things like for my minority you drag the candle so they said that like, their kids had difficulty dragging the candle so like we 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 now aware of that and trying to do things that like you you have the dragging but also tapping you know both are acceptable um they what they were saying was, they they use a lot of our our programs, um, and in fact they've made a whole series for 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 challenge children on JRTAP. We've got a whole section for children who with special needs, and um, they were saying that for the first time, children who used to sit in their wheelchairs and just look at the wall at break because they couldn't do anything, now are fully engaged. They have their iPad and and are playing like any other child, which I found amazing.
0: Yeah, it's incredible, actually. What about teachers themselves? Do they also give uh, feedback in terms of, uh, you know, how it's being used in the classroom that you can then incorporate into the product?
1: Very much so. Um, When I see that there have been a lot of downloads, I contact the teachers, and um, it's very interesting working with them and hearing how they are using it. Um, And... uh, when they say that you know something's wrong, we do go and correct it. A jazz studio um, was over about three years. We were just listening to teachers and 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 children. We had uh, a whole class in Jacksonville, Florida, from Martin Gottlieb School, who who loved jazz studio, but they didn't like a few things about it. And um, I had a session with me and the programmer in, in Modien, talking to these kids, and they had um, that each one came up to the screen. On Skype and told me what was wrong (laughs) and um, some of their ideas we incorporated and they they love it and they do amazing work and especially they feel that they're part of it you
0: know Now I'm quite interested from the older sort of app perspective I mean you've spoken to us a little bit about Shabbat and a little bit about the menorah app and uh, even the Pesach one with the klopat and the pharaohs and, and all that sort of thing and I guess I can see in my mind how that would work for younger kids right uh, if you're moving candles or if you're uh, you know trying to do the different things for Shabbat, sure. the calendar app that you're talking about sounds far more sophisticated it sounds like particularly because teaching Jewish time concepts is not so simple There's lunar things and solar things how do you in, first of all capture all of that and second we'll then make that interactive so that it's it's easy to teach
1: so the calendar app has been a nightmare just in terms of the calendar <laughs> and like just as an example we had to make uh, two types of wheels one with 12 months one with 13 months because seven out of 19 <laughs> years there's a leap year so we've actually hooked into a database of that's been built um, you know free domain um and um, and hooked into that for the actual calendar part but what i really wanted was for the children to to actually try and understand why the moon changes and and how that is related to the jewish calendar so we've got we've got um simulations or we call them you know like to experience so um you've got the avatar looking through the window and seeing what the moon looks like but on the other side um the child is actually moving the moon around the earth and seeing where it is in relation to the sun, um, to make Rosh Chodesh. And, the, and those are, so it's actually quite complicated. And we, we give them all these different tasks to make Rosh Chodesh. What will the moon look like on the first night of Pesach? So then they've got to think, this is for 11 year olds, 10 year olds. They've got to think, okay, when is Pesach? What, what date of the month is it? And what will the moon look like? And, and so it, so we've got that. We've got the, the Jewish day. So also as they're moving the, as they're rotating the earth, um they're seeing what the moon what through the window what it looks like in Jerusalem because of of course the centrality of Israel in the Jewish calendar and then um and then for the seasons we again they move the earth around uh the yeah around the, the, sun. the earth, earth around the sun and and the questions are okay um what what which season will it be where will the moon be when where will the will the earth be when it's um, Pesach? And then they've got to know it's Chagaviv and all that. So it it, it gets quite complicated. Um, and then also we, we've we incorporated, if you're in Israel, if you're not in Israel. And this whole app was built from feedback from teachers. When you ask how the teachers are using it. And we had focus groups um, with teachers in South Africa, in England, in America, to ask how they teach the calendar. And it turns out that every morning they start off with what is today's date? What will the moon look like tonight? And then, if it's Rosh Chodesh, then they go into the whole month. So we built it that, as a tool for the classroom. But then there's a, a game component where the children can, can uh, play. It's a runner game, and they go and collect uh, various items based on on whether they're in the, the week, month, year. Um, so it's 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 an extremely compli- It was an extremely complicated app to to produce, but it's. I think it's, it looks beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it must. <laughs> and we've had a few thousand downloads already, which is really nice And it's just been out uh, about 6
0: weeks. So this idea of games in, uh, in 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 the in the use of of education, I mean, it's become quite a big thing even for corporates and you know, at places where you wouldn't expect games to be to actually, you know, be teaching and learning in in organizations apps you wouldn't expect a game, corp- you know, exactly, corporates. So How have you seen the games being used versus the more traditional part of the app, you know, where the teacher drives the thing? Um,
1: Well, with the calendar, we've got two very specific aspects of it. We've got the the classroom tool Mm -hmm. and then we've got the games for the kids. So they are very, very different. And. Um, because we've just in- introduced this whole cloud and logging in and everything, we were actually looking this morning and, and we've already got scores of over 5,000, which means that these, these kids have sat for a long time collecting little things at 20 points each. So um, the added uh, incentive of um, having the, the global login is that you can check how you are doing as opposed to everybody else all over the world. So like, there's an added incentive there.
0: You're listening to 101.9 Chai FM. I'm Benji Shulman, and this is the new Blue Review, talking about Jewish education and what is the future, whether it's Talmud or Tech, and what are we doing? We're speaking to Kareen Orsendriver. driver She's from Jewish Interactive, and basically talking about... Uh, games about uh, apps about computers and about kids and actually sounds like uh, kids having fun learning Jewish education what a revolutionary idea uh, that is so if you're listening to us on 101.9 highfm com, or in the jerusalem post please stay with us uh-huh. stay relevant and up to date this is 101.9 FM. green I'm interested in this, this notion that you have of the global login, you know, the, the rise of social media, Facebook, it's become not so much about what you're learning right now, but also about, you know, how you are engaging with people, how you're, you're looking at things. Do you think that there could come a time where we could have a global learning community of Jews, of kids using these sorts of apps who are somehow cross-pollinating with one another, engaging with one another, you, so that a kid in in Mexico is having a relationship with a kid in Israel or Australia or something.
1: Well, um, Jalape is is trying to become this. It's, it's a marketplace so that as as teachers create their own games, they are or or children create their own games, they are um, put on the on the um, marketplace and are available. If they make them public, anyone can go in and use it and edit it themselves. Um, we have a lot of problems with um, protecting the, the children and being COPA compliant. So, children themselves can't start a conversation because they're under thirteen. So, um, we've had to inhibit children making comments on other pe- on other people's games, but certainly adults can comment on other teachers' games and and things like that, and and communicate and follow. Like it's it's a it's a Facebook for Jewish teachers.
0: What, what is COPA compliant? For people are not sure. Uh,
1: COPA works. compliant means that it's, it's protecting the rights of the children. So, for example, we can't have their full name. Um, we, uh, certainly, we can't say where, where they uh, give their address or phone number or anything like that. And also, um, because with our apps, you can take photos, and um, they are protected. Like uh, we we do monitor what what, what what's put up um, and. Uh, so the, secu- the, of the child.
0: security aspect is actually very important when it comes to producing stuff like this.
1: Yes, and we take it very seriously. Um, so, for example, with with JR Calendar, you automatically get the GPS coordinates so that we can give you the time when when you go into today's date. Um, we've got all this money, um, what um, will be sunset, sunrise, midnight, whatever. Um, but we can't do anything with that because the child. We can't store anything. We can't. Keep any information about a child that would pinpoint where they are. Mm-hmm. So we we just have it for the closest city and and information like that.
0: But the teachers themselves can engage. Are teachers able to create games? I mean, yes. these are people who are trained to teach kids in geography or maths or science. Is it easy enough for an educator to then go and produce their own stuff? It's
1: and it's amazing what they are producing. Um, we uh, the. This Michigan uh, school that uh, is the, all the, all these schools, there was a training in February. And one of the teachers after this one training has made this entire game of Ashray. Like she's made that you can click on every single word, hear it, sing it, sing the whole sentence, and, um, and collect awards along the way. She's made a whole game out of Ashray. Hmm. Um, there's another one who's, uh, the, uh, she's Detective Yona. And it's teaching, um, like the Hebrew verbs and the, the Yona letters. And it's got this whole mystery about Detective Yona. She's found the shorish and she doesn't know what it is. And delightful stuff, um, that teachers have made, um, and, and they really are getting into it. And um, that you can, to make their own games, they can record their own voices, um, and, and, Make their own animations, games, puzzles, things like that.
0: And so you're actually able to open up the the creativity of the teachers as well as making learning fun wow. for the kids.
1: And if the teachers don't want to make their own games, there's there's this whole marketplace <laughs> that they can download and and uh, use
0: and use. So uh, approximately, how many games are you now heading up to?
1: We have over two thousand at the moment, and and it's growing. It's growing daily.
0: Two thousand games,
1: over two thousand,
0: okay. and 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 of those, you guys have produced
1: about forty, fifty of them.
0: Oh wow! So it's really uh, exponential growth in terms yeah. of, of of games themselves. We have a delightful example
1: of a little boy, Yehuda, who uh, was learning. He's a six-year-old in, America, in England, and he did a whole game about and you had And he drew his whole family, and you had to click on his sister, Rotem, and on, on Yehuda. And learning about, um, it was obviously a lesson on the family. This is my mother. This is my father. And um, a delightful game where he recorded all the feedbacks and and made a puzzle of his family. And it's really amazing to see what kids are coming up with and what teachers are coming up with.
0: Beyond the Jewish aspect, there's a lot of talk in just general circles when we're speaking about universities and university degrees. And a lot of people are saying, look, you know, the sort of traditional university degrees and stuff that we're doing are not always as helpful for the kids. Uh, at a vocational level and that there needs to be more emphasis on coding and that could be very much a career path for the future uh, what do you make of, of of that idea that we should be also incorporating these sorts of coding and game creation at our kids at an early age
1: I think it's um, I think learning coding can only help you because it teaches you logic I'm i I'm a, by, by training a computer programmer, <laughs> my degree's in computer science. So I can only advocate learning coding just because it teaches you that logic and it goes, most of the careers that are going to be available for our kids in 10, 15 years time don't exist today. Mm-hmm. You know, so we've got to give them the tools to think and to analyze and to, um, it's not memory anymore because anything that you need is, is on your phone. And you can access it. So it's a way of thinking and a way of giving you the discrimination, like being able to discriminate what what is good and what is not. And I think that's where we've got to focus is, is, is the analytics and, and, and coding and
0: logic. And are we doing a good enough job in our schools, do you think, of giving those basic uh, skills or, or is it still a little bit rote and a little bit… Uh you know, I think it jam facts into kids' heads type yeah. thing.
1: I think it depends on the teacher. Again, like you can have the most amazing teacher who sees it, um, sees that like learning rote doesn't really help you anymore as much as it used to, um, and others who teach you how to think. I remember one conference I went to where they were talking about um, how you've got to give assignments that like children will go and, and use the internet, find the information, and then synthesize it into something meaningful. And that's... The, and they gave the example of what was the menu on van Riebeck's boat. So who was van Riebeck? Like, mm-hmm. where were they? What do you know were they? They had to go and do all that research. They had to learn about scurvy, about preservation, and come up with a menu.
0: Right. and, uh, and, and That's and, thinking. <laughs> that's thinking. And and what are those sorts of challenges that you're seeing? I mean, in the educational space, besides which I think are important things that people are talking about which is resources and teacher training where is the thinking around education going like the the next sort of big ideas that we're going to be seeing in the next few years well, I hope more, <laughs> more technology, more
1: technology, and more interactive learning, and 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 more generating your own lessons, and not depending on 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 your Ronio sheets. We go to schools, and teachers say, "And how how can I scan my sheets into the into into JRTAP? And I say, "Why? <laughs> <laughs> We're giving you this amazing tool." So I think teacher training and and opening. Opening up those horizons, and 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 and, I think a lot of teachers are scared of the technology. Um, it's, uh, you know, the children know so much more than than the than the teachers in terms of technology. And I think once you overcome that hurdle of, of of your fear, there's there's just so much so much you can do and make make learning so much more meaningful, mindful, and and deep.
0: From a perspective of adults, are you seeing? And a change, you know, teachers who maybe weren't using apps, or maybe adults who weren't Jewishly engaged and now have to get their children engaged. Is that a process as well that you're also relearning the, the ad- adult generation?
1: We're trying to. Um, there, there's certainly a hurdle and, and resistance. But I think the teachers that come to our trainings want to learn, you know, so they are prepared to take, you know, to tap where they've n- never tapped before. Um and it's it's, it's it's wonderful to see this, these teachers become animated. Their faces change as they get excited, you know, about what they can do and, and so easily.
0: Now, one of the things I'd like to ask around the security aspect, I mean, you've spoken a bit about protecting kids and, and what you put in place. But that's, you know, obviously from the software perspective, there's a lot of questions at the moment about screen time with kids, you know, kids being Locked into their iPad, not going outside. Where do you guys fall in terms of the debate about saying how that can be done in an appropriate manner?
1: Well, if they are being locked into their Jewish studies, <laughs> we don't have a you problem don't, with it. More, that's fine. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and I agree that children must be um, must experience the outdoors and and playing and and I think um, you know I've seen so many interesting. Um, Uses. We were at King David a couple of years ago and we had the iPads and they were using J Studio to, to, to document creation. So the teacher encouraged them, go outside and take pictures of the trees. Go, go outside and do this, you know. So I think again, if, if we find ways to get them outside and, and use, um, you know, use the, the iPad in a clever way, Go and do do your own research and document and bring it back and make a movie about it, Mm -hmm. you know, so that there is that balance
0: between both. So people who want to get hold of your product, who are interested in this kind of thing, what is the best way? Maybe there's a teacher out there or a kid maybe who wants to go, a parent even, who who wants to get hold of it. What's what's the best way for them to get hold of your app?
1: Okay. Um, Well, for PC or Mac, um, it's on uh, JewishInteractive.org. Uh, website um, on, on our products page, you can download from there for nothing, and then we also on the on, on the App Store, um, Jewish Interactive. You can look up the names of the apps, or the links on our website to all the iTunes addresses. We also some of our apps are on Android as well, not all of them.
0: Okay, so uh, it is more of a, a, a an Apple thing at the moment.
1: Uh, yes, yeah. Um, JRTap, you can only create lessons on an iPad, on the internet, on a, <laughs> on, uh, with Apple, but we are working on the Android version, uh, because Chromebooks, Chromebooks are being used, that's again, we've heard from the teachers, they need it on Chromebooks, so we are listening to them and, and developing.
0: Well, there you go. If you are a Jewish educator or just want to learn a little bit more about uh, Pesach or the calendar or any of these sorts of things, definitely go ha- look at uh, Jewish Interactive. Green, thank you so much for being with us here on the New Blue Review and uh, help boldly going where Jewish education hasn't gone before. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much for having me. That brings us to the end of the show for today. Thank you so much for listening either on Chai FM or if you're listening to us on the Jerusalem Post. Uh, we appreciate it. And as ever, if you have learned anything on the show or uh, would like to make an app about what you'd like to hear for other guests on, on the program, we're always happy to take interesting comments and uh, criticisms. You can email me I'm benji at chai.co.za or uh, get us on Twitter at FM or at Benji underscore Shulman, and we're happy to engage with you there. Great being with you, and we'll see you next time on the new Blue Review.